So Josh is is the uh, is the uh, half of a band in town called Hills, and I always no. want to say the Hills. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, they they make it a point to say Hills. All right, Hills. Oh, okay. Yeah. All That's caps. Right. I remember that. All caps. Yeah. 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 Uh, find them on well all social media. They got some really cool videos out there. Um, they were the opening act for a show that Muddy Pig produced. This um, is true. Yeah, Wednesday Night Titans, and they oh, killed it. Fun. They oh, that was fun. Oh, that was... When this whole bug clears up and and we can have humans going to see shows again, you, seeing them live was was a treat. Yeah. Lots and lots of energy. Very um, much. Yeah, they, they, they bring uh, Josh's comedic chops to the stage and, you know, combine... Well, oh, their, both their well, music, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, both of them just have this flow that is that is outstanding. He even talks about that. Uh, he's made sandwiches at the high tone. Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, cook. Uh, he's he's uh, um, like I said, comedian, musician. Uh, seems like he could just jump into whatever he wants to and, and do it well, or at least make you think he's doing. <laughs> He's right. a great no, he's, say, a, no he's, he's a gifted uh, individual and he was a blast to talk to. Absolutely. We, we uh, kneeled into the wrestling gimmick very hard first just to separate us. Yeah. And then once once all of a sudden wrestling was cool again, yeah. we're like, well, we're still fans, but like we're not going to be those guys. Like yeah. now that now that you guys all do that kind of crap too, we're just going to go back to being <laughs> right. two dudes. Like our our, uh, our big CD release we had where we uh we brought our buddy Mishka out who recorded a live record at the high tone. We came out to uh we came out I went and got you know those really stupid party things you put up for big uh they're in spools of uh like la- uh, lace paper not lace but uh oh, yeah. crinkle paper crinkle paper yeah, you know what I mean yeah, those yeah, big yeah. Roll, different color yeah. rolls. We did those and tied them off. <laughs> but we didn't think anything like I had, I bought the stuff we got the glasses right. Yeah. I had the shirts with the fringe that my wife had cut but we didn't think how we were actually going to do them so we're just Ten, like maybe five minutes before we go on, two hundred people at the high tone. We're tying them off. Have you ever tried to tie off crinkle paper and not so it'll hang? It does not work right. in any way, shape, or form. Oh gosh! That was the last time we tried a big intro like that, where yeah. it was just like, let's just let's just play, let's just play. <laughs> no. Maybe think of a cool a cool sample or something to come out to, but like all that dressing up stuff. Because by seconds, on Brennan hates all that crap. You know, spectacle takes work. Man, dude. I, oh, I mean, I'd rather I like the fact that we're spectacle because like our whole gimmick is just the fact that we like each other. Yeah, that's Aww. our whole gimmick. Our whole gimmick Aww. is that we get along and that we're best friends. Right. And uh, uh, and uh, uh, but once we realized that, we were like, oh, let's just use that. Let's not let's not worry about dressing up. Like we we were obsessed with matching. I was obsessed with matching oh, for wow. a while because the two of us were like, which shirt are you wearing? Black t shirt. I'm wearing a black t shirt. White t shirt. White t shirt. Uh, CM Punk shirt. I got a CM Punk shirt. Let's wear that. <laughs> we wore our uh, our uh, Kevin Owens our fight Kevin fight shirts for. I think, or the, no, the, the Finn Baylor ones, the Baylor Club ones. So it's just because that one random WWE piece of merchandise, the T-shirt quality was different than the other ones. I don't know if Baylor had a, they were trying something new yeah. or if Baylor had a say or something like that. The most comfortable WWE shirt I've ever worn. And those <laughs> turned into our gig shirts. And we got Finn Baylor to retweet a couple of posts and stuff just because oh, cool. we were doing that, which, man, that was a weird hard on to explain. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, what, what's well, time length? What, what time length? It's up to you. Okay, it's, cool. it's, it's, I got I got to bail at like noon. It's so. when all of a sudden you feel like I'm done. I got to roll. Oh, you're you're fucking up. You're the wrong guy for that. <laughs> well, Josh McLean. Hello. We're running. Cool. We're, we're rolling. Groovy. And um, you know, we always kind of start with a little biography, but uh, I want to just ask you straight up. Uh, all right. So so for the, for the folks here who are just jumping in, um, you have a trifurcated life, bifurcated. Career path: a musician, comedian, chef. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a cook. Cook. Very, right? I appreciate you saying it, but I, I am. For, for, <laughs> if someone for, who's actually a chef would smack the hell well, out of me if I you said know, that. I, I mean, appreciate it's, you saying you know, it. Well, uh, so, so, uh, yeah, man. Um, but, but we were, we were just riffing. We were talking a little bit about you were sharing some some stories regarding. Uh, uh, well, you were pulling the, the old podcast trick and hit record without letting me know. The, Don't the give me stand that up, bullshit. The, the, the stand up thing. I had, well, that's one. Make, I noticed. So it makes the, it natural. Yeah. No, it's the smart move. It's what the, you do to get the conversation going. The, the levels are are happy so far. So so <laughs> so uh, you know, before we go into your biography, talk, just talk about the rush uh, of stand up and why. You know, like you know, you, you get the bug. Kids are laughing at, at your jokes in school, and also, oh, well, all, hey, all, all I was, of a sudden, you know, like, so how, how's this all? Like, how did you arrive? I was never that guy. Really, the funny guy in school. Oh no, no, no! I was the uh, dirty, icky, white trash kid <laughs> who got picked on. 
uh, and beat up by uh, uh, by travelers. That's most of that's that was my <laughs> level of popularity. Travelers. Yeah, exactly. That look, exactly. I was that's where I was on the feeding on the feeding uh, post through, through Catholic school uh, up until oh wait, I, Catholic until, school. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, if oh. look at my set. Look at that stand up set. And you'd be like, yep, that guy went to Catholic school. Uh, I have all the scars. Wow. Um, but uh, so I I was that dude, and I was I was that kid that I wanted everybody to like me. So it was. I was so that annoying. Oh man. Oh man. I was an annoying, annoying child. And then uh, uh, I've always been like the the quasi funny guy in the band. You know, in bands who yeah. everybody kind of wants to shut up, but like you. But I, I can make everybody crack up at practice. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I uh, I used to go to a place back when it was uh, back when its old location, the Black Lodge Video, that is now over in uh, Crosstown. It's the last video store in Memphis. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, uh, I grew I, to a certain degree. I spent most of my uh, a significant portion of my twenties in their old location over off Cooper and Young, helping work mm-hmm. there, being around that. And there's this guy. Uh, uh, my friend Mike Mike Degnan, who used to be, uh, did you see Professor Ghoul's Horror School on WKNO when yes. it was on for a while? Yep. The, the main guy from that, Mike Degnan, he's one of my oldest friends. He uh, he worked at Black Lodge too, and he would do this open mic at PH, PH uh, Cafe on Madison. And uh, I never, I mean, I've been a comedy fanatic. I'm, I love history of stuff I love. Mm. Like, uh, uh, I'm big, I, uh, Cliff Nesterhoff wrote a book about drunks and scoundrels of the uh, stand-up comedy of the of the history of comedy in America, and I couldn't recommend it more. Uh, uh, Cliff Nesterhoff, K-L-I-P-H-N-E-S-T-E-R-O-F-F. <laughs> uh, it's a big book for me. Like, it, I love... <laughs> It's all it's all the filthy stories and it's 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 a wow. little dirty, but it's all about the history of comedy in America. And uh, I was fascinated with that kind of stuff. And uh, I've watched I, I love watching Jack Benny when I was a little kid when the oh, Comedy wow. Channel started because I'm old yeah. enough for that. Before it was right. Comedy Central, I'd okay. wake up and spend a whole summer watching Jack Benny into uh, old shows of SNL. You know whose line and that kind of crap. And but I never. I'm a I, I have millions of ideas, but I am a huge puss when it takes to taking that first step. Oh yeah. I am. I have to be I have to be fucking pushed. I am totally that guy. I have to be either handheld or dragged. It's only been in the last like ten years where I've been like, Oh, I like that. I'm going to try that kind of yeah. a thing I've only had and that's only been around from because of Brennan and Heels and Kara, yeah. my wife. Because uh because I have people around me going you moron! Of course you could do that. You do that all the time. Why not? Worst thing's gonna happen. You're gonna suck. So Degnan was one of the first people to ever do that. We would be a thing. He started doing stand up. He goes, "I oh, want you come out to open mic." And I go, "No." <laughs> no. He goes, "Josh, you talk my ear off all the time. You think you're clever. <laughs> Get up and just be you." And and I did. And that very first time was like it's like as stereotypical as you ever hear. I was. I mean, that morning. Yeah. That morning, my stomach was just flipping. like, what have I done? Uh, not yeah. so much what have I done as what am I going to do? Oh, okay. And because uh, it wasn't, because in my head, you know, watching all with all this history in my head and all this stuff, I have to get up and be great because right. nobody ever tells you you're going to suck. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever says, hey, it's stand up. It's fine. You're going to be god awful for a very long time. Yeah. Most people who say they have an hour have five minutes. You know what I mean? Anybody yeah. who tells you they have an hour of material and you've never heard of them in any capacity is usually lying almost all the time. <laughs> all right, I've well, been doing this for 13 years now, and I just got enough now where I could do like a solid. If I did all the material I've ever done that was good, <laughs> yeah. I'd have about two hours, and I've been doing it 15 years. <laughs> okay, right? so yeah, how, how do you develop a set? Like, uh, uh, well, I mean, you go up and throw shit against the wall. Yeah, you get up. You, you write, well, there's a couple different. Well, there's there's say, different people. Before, some people, uh, some people yeah. write full pieces. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you have your one-liner joke writers, which is a that is a whole other thing that I cannot, I can't handle. Okay. Uh, where they just memorize. It's all, they've just memorized hundreds of, like Mitch Hedberg and that kind of right. thing. Oh, wow. I have no idea how they do that. Uh, I I am much more, uh, I don't even really consider myself that good of a stand-up as much as more as I'm a storytelling SOB. Okay. Like, that's the thing I do. And that's actually one of my faults is because, you know, you forget that not every stand-up place, it's not supposed to be a fucking TED talk. You know what I mean? No, one, <laughs> you know what I mean. You, your story has to. So, what it is for me? I, I can really, to my experience, I have an idea. The idea is is an okay premise. Do I try and sit down in that moment and work out a punchline that while I'm writing, like a lot of people do? Mm-hmm. I personally would rather go to open mic and throw it up against the wall and see what comes out. Oh wow! After that. Because that's just better. I, I work way better through from just doing the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when I started doing stand-up, there was nothing in Memphis. Uh, uh, Sam uh, Sammy Martin had a club, had Comedy Tennessee at one point. But 
because I was so early on, I thought that was a whole other sport. Like I was in like in little league while that was triple A baseball. So I was I didn't even yeah. acknowledge that that was a thing. So for me, Mondays at PH was the show. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. It's not about building up to do sets opening for people or anything. That was the fucking show. Right. So I would try and excuse me. I tried for a very long time to try and have an almost new thing every single week because that was show. But that also really hurt me because I didn't have it ingrained in my head that you need to do stuff until it's locked down well and you have it memorized and you can just spit it out. Sure. But then also because of the my ADD and me being the way I am, by the time I get material to that, I'm bored. And as soon as I get bored, my material sucks. If right. I'm not all right. It's like when you see a band who's just phoning it in. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, that's great. Yeah, what he said was funny, but there's no, like half of half of my gimmick is passion, whether I want to admit it or not. It's not me being clever. It's mm-hmm. not me being funny. It's the fact that I believe everything I say. And I, 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 I would scream so much in the early days. I used to totally be that guy that would just get out because nobody was doing politics in Memphis comedy. And I took it upon myself to be that guy. Good grief. Local or national? Uh, Yeah, Yeah. locally. There was nobody doing politics of any kind. No, no, no. Were you doing local politics? Oh, no, no. National. National. Yes. Whatever was pissing me off. There was literally what pissed me (laughs) off that day. But I would not ever. I mean, I was funny, but I was not being funny. Does that make I would just get up and just scream and be like, are you (laughs) fucking get? Like, I'll never forget one where it was just, I looked at the top of Google News and it was like the day that, I want to say it was the day that, like, Obama had just done something bad for the first time, the most obvious one or something where we were like, oh, drone strikes. You know, nothing to that right. level, but something really heinous had happened in the media. And my whole deal was if I'm going to do politics, I, I'm I'm uh, as left as it gets, but I don't give a shit. I, everybody gets both barrels. Sure. Because that's what's being fair. I, I, ref- I cannot stand people who talk politics and refuse to look at any other perspective. I absolutely yeah. can't. I, I loathe it. I can't stand it. That being said, like I said, I'm, I'm, I make Jesus look conservative sometimes, but that doesn't mean I wasn't <laughs> raised around it to where I understand. I understand that like Barry Goldwater may have dropped a nuclear bomb on his, on the people in his state, but he also did everything he could to keep religion out of politics. So like there's, you know, a little bits here and there. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, which is, my dad would fucking die if he just heard me bring up three cold water. <laughs> oh, maybe the kid's not lost yet. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would one of the one of the one of the the Google the top of Google thing said, "Is Miley Cyrus the new Britney Spears?" <laughs> <laughs> and people had died that day. And that was the top of Google that was news. The big t- and all the only joke I had was, "I read Google News today, and I just screamed that headline." Right. That's it. There was no fucking punchline at all. <laughs> but because I was me and I was the only guy that did that and it was before the cliche of the broken white guy that just screams his punchlines <laughs> at you. I didn't realize, but across the country, that was a thing <laughs> with my age group that has now become one of the biggest cliches right. in comedy of this era. Like a uh, Sam Just Kennison. a white guy just gets up yeah, and screams Sam at Kennison. people. Sam Kennison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kennison was a god. You know I mean, what I mean? He, uh, he a complete a, yeah. asshole, but yeah. a god who was legitimately... <laughs> and that's the thing is the person who starts it is never the one who does it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like at, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or at the Source Awards or anything when fights break out with musicians. <laughs> it's never the fucking musicians. It's the people right behind them that are talking <laughs> shit that start all the crap. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. And uh, uh, so it's the people that come out. It's uh, uh, I used to say that uh, the band Sublime <laughs> is kind of like Jesus, right? <laughs> wow. In its original form, in its original form, and of itself is pretty good. It's hard to argue. Yeah, there's some okay. really cool stuff about yeah, it. Right. No matter what your beliefs are, there's some good stuff about it. Now, people that have taken that and taken it to the next level and preached the word of Jesus and or sublime are the worst fucking people that ever lived and have gotten it all wrong half the time. You know what I mean? So that's what I mean. It's the people later on that end up making it worse. And I was one of those guys. I could have easily sat down and tried to work out more stuff but that came on once I realized that like the best way for me to get people to live I have to be a part of the problem mm-hmm. I can't just yell at you it's y'all's fault y'all are doing it the only way I can so to, so to bring about stuff that I feel need to be acknowledged or changed I look at myself and what the fuck am I doing wrong like what am I doing that I should change and so I started talking about how you know Facebook's running our lives and all that kind of stuff when I'm the uh, for years I was the worst oh god guys I was the worst dude Sitting on my couch, 11.30, high as a kite, digging through local news fucking comment threads and making fun of motherfuckers for beliefs different than mine. It is so pathetic. So sad. Wait, wait, were you trolling? Oh, I was absolutely trolling. I thought I was doing the Lord's work because I like, I like stumping people that were being hardcore racist and stuff yeah. with Bible quotes. 
<laughs> like I love that. I thought right. that made it okay. I thought that's great. You're not just being a loser. <laughs> And uh, and we know that's wrong. Oh, man. That's just that's. I mean, everybody's got their thing, and and, and you're not going to change anybody's opinion on the internet. Not <sighs> on the internet. You know what I mean? You can have a face to face conversation with yeah. them, and I mean, more people. I honestly believe more people. You can get more done with two people in a room than you ever can with like fifty sitting around trying to just jerk each other off. But like, <laughs> like, like, uh, take our show. Take yeah. our take our show. Which I there are four dudes on stage. Both sets had small minor problems. Uh, where something happened. You didn't even know ours because it was just the two of us and Brennan forgot to plug in one of his fucking pedals to be <laughs> right, right, right. Where I noticed it and Brennan leaned in to give me a look and I go, boom, pedal baby. And because we've been playing for so long, he knows that he goes, he leans over and if you went back and watched the video, you'd see there's a split second where he bends down and taps his fucking thing Kid and knocks it his in. Thing. And then the snare with the thing. But because there's only a couple of us, yeah. we got it done in less than a second. There didn't yeah. need to be a whole chain of, oh, we got to find the guy. Oh, let's find the guy. Who's got to find the guy? Uh, but yeah, back to stand up forever ago. Uh, <laughs> but material, yeah, writing writing for me now it's uh, what bugs me. Yeah, and then I try now I I go that and then where do I go from that? You know I got to have somewhere to end on it. I have to have some kind of quasi punchline or some meaning so I'm not just fishing for nothing. And then right. I then I don't care. Then so, I get out and have fun. I yeah, record. so there is, there is a lot of improv. Involved. Oh, absolutely. For yeah. me, it works. It's 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 uh, absolute. It has to be a part of it. Like otherwise, I get bored and there's no point. But I'm also not the kind of guy who has balls enough to just go out there with nothing. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been doing it yeah, 15 yeah, years. I could get away with that where I'm just all like, hey, what's going on? You bring up one thing. Uh-huh. But, like, because, like, the most impressive comic that you'll ever see in your entire life, for me, for my money, is Sinbad. Interesting. He's not considered a great unless you're in the comedy circuit. Right. Sinbad is the only comic I've ever seen who did an HBO special about buying a bicycle. Right. And that's it. Yeah. An hour going all over the place and you find out later 98% of that was off the top of his head because that's how he does it wow. he's just that guy who can read a room pick one little thing and then expound on it yeah. Paul F. Tompkins is another guy who does that kind of thing uh, and it's just I, what, man holy holy crap but then like I said there's the other side of that with like your Mitch Hedbergs and your uh, uh, oh fuck what's that guy's name doesn't matter but any of those one liner type dudes who just have who literally get up and do a thousand jokes or, uh, fucking uh, Roddy Dangerfield back then going up and yeah. literally doing 300 jokes in 30 minutes yeah. that blows my mind I walk out I still have to have a piece of paper at times I've been to this 15 years but between smoking dope drugs and car wrecks notice I didn't put smoking dope and drugs in the same thing All right. uh, uh, <laughs> between that and the, <laughs> the, the four to five concussions I've had I don't, oh, my gosh. memory is garbage uh, <laughs> Rough life, jail, working in a strip club, concussions happen. <laughs> it's just, you get your ass kicked a couple times, getting a couple car wrecks, it just happens. Well, even your note could be a thing. Call it prop or call it whatever. Yeah, it's like, you have an interesting point in that. I have a new, I have a new bit where uh, that uh, uh, I do my whole, my whole bit is all self, my whole act is pretty much self-effacing. I'm, like, I'm ending now with a what if I had a kid kind of a thing and like the 10 things I would teach that child if I had a kid that I thought were important stuff like, uh, <laughs> stuff like, uh, you know, uh, uh, lap dances are only for married and sad people. <laughs> right. Every person who's getting a lap dance is either married or sad or both. That's just how it is. Uh, you know, Limp Bizkit kicks ass, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's a list of like 10 things. And I'm in the middle of now of deciding on, do I bust my ass and memorize? Is it worth, is it worth, not worth, but it, it, do I need to memorize these 10 things? Yeah. Or do I get an extra? The idea was I had the rest of my act and I was going to pull this oversized notepad out of my back because I wear a suit when I do stand up. Right. Because nobody's ever going to listen to anything I have to say with two sleeves of Hot Topic tattoos in like a limp biscuit <laughs> shirt and a baseball cap. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't right. work. And if I put on the suit with the white with the black tie, it's amazing what I can get away with. Oh, yeah. Like it's a whole, and had nobody, it, 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 I can be a little more profound. I can be a little more heartfelt. I can be, and when I start talking about juggalos and my actual past, people go, the guy in a suit was a strip. Wait, what? Right. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, but fuck, I forgot what I was talking about now. But oh yeah, no, I debate on. I'm gonna pull it. Do I? I'm at a point now where I decide. Do I pull this oversized notepad well, out, like a prop, to, to like a and use yeah. it like a yeah. prop, or yeah. do I memorize? Because right now I'm just carrying on my phone, and nothing looks worse than a comic that's on his phone. Oh, it's, it's, it's pathetic. <laughs> it is pathetic. It's a bad. It is not unlike having a lead singer who has a uh, music board out so he can remember his lyrics when he doesn't play an instrument in the band. How about when iPad? his job is just to, <laughs> to vocalize, but and they only have like six or seven songs, right. and he still has to have them in there. You're like, come on, bud, yeah. come on, buddy, right. come on, buddy. I get it. Michael Stipe, REM, he's 50. They're playing a hundred. They're playing like 50 songs. Get your lyrics out. I get that, dude. You're an older dude. You've written a million tunes. I get that. But uh, come on, dad. 
get you know so i'm at a point right now of deciding uh, which way do i go with a bit do i make because right now it's a whole and my list of 10 things i make it like a letterman bit my list yeah. of 10 things are, yeah. but i kind of also in my head i like to do this thing of like where if i can memorize them i'd be like but what would i say to my child if i had a child uh-huh. would be a couple things i'd say and then you just do it uh. more natural like you just come up with it in the moment right then which always works better but it's all a matter of how much work how stoned do I feel like getting before having to do that bit <laughs> you know because I'm at a point now with mine where I don't really get I'm at a nice level where I am I don't like the idea of doing it so what I would have to do to get to the next step of really going on tour by myself yeah. because lonely comic I'm so spoilt on going the road with Brennan and Heels yeah. or my buddy JT that I, I don't want to go on the road by myself oh, right it's on. not fun Yeah, it's not fun it's right. not really worth it and I'm not good enough to where it would be worth it monetarily of the life. I I I mean, you guys haven't seen her, but my wife's hot. She's tall Mexican. <laughs> great. She's very thick. It is awesome. It's fucking great. I would rather be there than anything. Honestly, like I totally get I didn't I mean, I always got married, but I always had a weird thing of it cuz my dad's been married a couple times and my childhood was kind of fucked up, but like when I got with my wife, I was like, "Oh, I get it now. You are the only person I ever want to be around." Right? That's not. And if you played guitar, heels wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. We'd have a fucking band. That'd be it. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so I understand that. So it, that's that's where everything ends up kind of hitting a wall, yeah. uh, a ceiling to a small degree. Not so much with a band because band's different. Like I can quit doing stand up if I had to. Mm-hmm. Really? Because I get that itch with with Brennan. Okay. I scratch. We get we have bits yeah, now. Yeah, you know what okay. I mean? We yeah, have right jokes. On. Before when we were just we just played. You know what I mean? I had to do stand-up because I have that other itch to scratch. But then we came up with the rule of you're only allowed to talk into the microphone. Right. Because nobody and everybody in Memphis was a little too cool for school and didn't really do uh, 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 banter anymore. Really? Nobody in the, and not in our scenes anyway. Everybody uh-huh. it was much more the goner of, we're here to burn your fucking face off and rock the house, which is a whole other side, yeah. which I totally get. But we were like, how can we make ourselves look different? Well, I've got 10 years of stand up under my belt, and Brennan's the most adorable person you've ever met in your entire <laughs> life. So what if we made a rule of if you have to say anything, unless it's a, like a legitimate emergency? Right. You know what I mean? You're not going to say, hey, uh, I just got to text my wife, got a car wreck, so we have to stop playing. That thing you don't, but anything else. Absolutely anything else, you have to say it into the mic because it brings the audience in and makes them yeah. feel like they're a part of the band. So, like when I tell Brendan that I love him because that last song he played was the best he's ever done it. Why wouldn't you say that? Into the yeah, mic? right. Yeah, you know, yeah. or like Brendan play breaks the string. Brendan's like, Josh, five minutes of stand up, got to change the string. Yeah, and then it lets everybody know. It's also a way to know if if you like my stand up, you're about to get a treat or time to go take a piss, guys. Like if you don't want to hear Josh do his nine <laughs> eleven joke again, uh, then, then then get the fuck out of here. Well, talking about the audience though, I mean, you know, how, how often. In your improv, do you bring the audience in? Whether it's... What do you mean, the band? No, no, no. Uh, st- oh, it's stand-up? Stand ah. yeah. I try... Well, it's funny because when you say it like that, I don't think I do it that much, but with stuff I do, I do it right out the gate. I fucking hate standing on stage. Hmm. Fucking hate it. I got... I, uh, about four years ago, my friend Caleb Holland had a, a, had a mic he was running over at that brewery. Out in Germantown or Cordoba. Oh, I feel bad. Money, no, pro. Ah, I can't remember. They have a hops, 901 hops. A 901 hopular beer. Oh, 201 hopper? 201 hopper, yeah. yeah. that's Meddlesome. Meddlesome, yes. Meddlesome. My boy said Meddlesome. Yeah. I know those yeah. guys forever. Uh, my boy Caleb had a comment, had a stand-up show over there at Meddlesome, and he had a cordless mic. Oh. And I got to go everywhere. And I've learned my favorite thing in life is to do stand-up like I'm Phil Donahue. Oh, no. <laughs> where I'm just walking around. <laughs> The crowd talking, making eye contact constantly. <laughs> but I, I was raised right, and I, and my 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 wife helped me legitimately uh, know. Like I, I could have easily, without my wife coming around, I could have easily been a very certain kind of broken forty year old dude who had a very rough childhood, who doesn't have a lot of open open minded friends, and could have easily ended up a closed minded. Uh, uh, less evolved human as far as looking at women a certain kind of way. I mean, oh. I was a strip club DJ for a very long time. So I was very good with women, but I also know the dark side very well. I could have been easy come become much more of a close. You know, well, I have a, this I have the thing in my app. When you hit like 30, 31, you realize life is a box. Mm-hmm. And at this point now, you've learned enough in your life you could just step inside your box and be comfy in that box for the rest of your life with all the records you grew up with, the same clothes yeah. you've been wearing forever, yeah. the same thoughts you've had since you were in your 20s. And that velvet, that box is nice. It's lined with tool posters. You know, my Jinkos are still in that <laughs> box. You know what I mean? Those thoughts, those, those right. the absolute thoughts you have in your 20s are all in there. Or you can realize that like life is about putting a big foot outside the box while realizing where you came from, keeping one foot in the box and one where you grow as a person mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And uh, 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 without care, I would not have grown. But with her, I have. So now, 
it's evolved into this thing where if I have a long cord and I have certain comics that I, people that I know that set up shows will straight up put a long cord in just for me, which is the sweet hardest thing ever. Nah. And I walk around the crowd and make eye contact. And when I do stuff, I will get right up in somebody's face after permission. Right. Or I will do something where I'll get like, like there was one where if someone's having a really good time and I know they're really into it, I would just sit down on their fucking lap and do the rest of my set <laughs> and sit there and lean into this person if it's a friend of mine. And it's a way of A, making me different. B, like you said, bring it. That brings the crowd in like nobody's fucking business. Right. And man, does it piss people off when they don't like it. Like, could you find out? And, and it, cause I don't, but I would never do that to someone who's like, if I'm doing my, my act and I'm leaning into you like this and I feel you, but, but not in a funny way or in, if you're, if, not just because you're uncomfortable, you're like legitimately Freaked uncomfortable. Out. Right. Yeah. I will not come anywhere near you because that's rude. That's yeah. not cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an edge lord. That does no good for anybody and could ruin the entire night if right. it goes badly. But if you're the one who's having a good time, but you're a little like, oh, right. I'm going to get right up fucking on you. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, if your old lady's right next to you, how fucking lucky you are that this gorgeous woman is anywhere fucking next to you, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Or vice versa. I love doing that, too. When a girl's right. a little next to a man, I'm like, uh, I'm as straight as the day is long, and I would totally blow that guy. So, <laughs> young lady, well done. You know what I mean? I love because that makes people – one of my favorite moments in life. In life, I worked at the New Daisy Theater downtown for Mike Glenn for 12 years. Mm-hmm. I was his, uh, I was his bitch. Let's be honest. I could say I was number two. I ran the building. I was general manager. All that. No, nah. I made sure Mike didn't have a fucking stroke. That was my job. Keep shit going so Mike didn't have a stroke. And uh, I remember being outside one day, and there was this big jabroni ass MMA looking motherfucker and his girlfriend next to him. And it hit me one day. He's like, "You can't." I wanted to figure out a way where I could flirt with her, but not not in a way where I want her to like want to fuck me or anything but I want to I have this in me I have to get it out how do I get it out without it being too rude or anything like that and they're walking down and they're pretty happy and they walk by and I was like sorry guys I didn't mean to stop you sir I just want to tell you you are the luckiest some bitch I've ever seen him in my entire life you obviously have it going on yourself but holy crap well done and move like <laughs> last three seconds I get the compliment out to her not even making eye contact with a girl because that leads in a weird creepy yeah, hey right. buddy yeah. but it's straight looking at him dead in the face going fucking hey dude well done bro and then move on and I love doing that because one of two things either one he would lean down you uh, and I, I did end up doing this multiple times when you get bored on Beale Street multiple times and either one of two things would happen either he would lean down and be like he's right baby I love you. You know what I mean? Or that you'd see them hold hands a little yeah, bit and yeah, put yeah, his arms yeah. around. Yeah. Thanks, baby. I appreciate that. Or they'd walk away and, and she'd say like, see, I yeah. told you, motherfucker. You can't open your goddamn and I have ruined that asshole's night for the entire night without ever really doing anything but paying him a compliment. Oh, and that's that's a level of pain in the wait, ass wait, that wait, I can enjoy. Wait, wait a minute. You get bored on Beale Street? Oh, dude. God, right? <laughs> Man, dude. Good God. Isn't Beale amazing? Uh, I mean, I haven't been to it. I haven't been to Beale in eight, nine years because I did it. I I, I didn't really go before I worked there other than to play at the Daisy because I live here. Yeah, right. I've never been to Elvis Presley's place. (laughs) Right. You know, why would I need to go? It's not going anywhere. Sooner or later, I'll have kids or something. I'll go end up going. They'll want to go or some horse shit. I I went to Sun Studios and did the tour for the first time because my niece, my my sister-in-law was in town. Right. That's it. Yeah, and it was great. I loved it. But yeah, it's it was. Like, yeah, I worked I, on Beale Street. I don't need to know any of this crap. I know all of it already. <laughs> yeah, be, be uh, yeah, but I love it. My, and now I'm old enough. <laughs> my friend Jeff from uh, Star and Micey does the tour, and so I'm like, I get to see a guy who legitimately, like, that's his dream job. Yeah. is letting pe- letting mostly German and English people with bad Elvis haircuts. Okay. Yeah, so I just I, I was just like you were I, waiting to get dude, to that. No, no, I mean like Beale Street is remarkable and and very ordinary at the same time. Like it, it's really. You mean like Memphis? It, right, yeah, but like, but <laughs> I mean, like, dude. I mean, it's a- so, so yeah. I, I played with the uh, uh, Brandon Cunning uh, last Sunday at Blue City. You know, oh, nice. Yeah, it was it was a it was a whole private party of Swedes. Oh yeah, dude. It just hysterical. Yeah, bro. Just they were. Oh my gosh, man. You yeah. ever there for IBC for the International Blues? I, I I did a post show once, but not during. We had the to work. Uh, that was the that was Hell Week for us, right? Because we would have the thing at the Daisy where there was a International Blues. And the the festival would be uh, we'd have like an eight hour show every day yeah. that would have like one or two popular people. So there would be like one or two moments in the thing where it'd be pa- I mean like yeah. like twelve hundred people, and then that guy would done, and it would empty out to ten. <laughs> 
because the other dude was just some Venezuelan guy who ended up being way better than the white boy that had all those fucking people in, but they wouldn't know because he doesn't have the right kind of press. Right, you know? right yeah. And there was a dude uh, uh, who's, who went by Special Elvis, who was, a, <laughs> uh, who was an Elvis impersonator with Down syndrome, who to this day... Once he got off stage, like I've, I've honestly maybe never met a more professional, one of the more professional people on stage at all because he knew how to do everything. He had time in his little merch area, said hi to everybody, and as soon as they walked off, he'd be like, "Dumbass motherfuckers," you know what I mean? And just be, and as soon as everybody walked away, he'd light up a cigarette and like we thought he was in his like teens because he had a handler. He was like thirty five and had been doing it forever, <laughs> wow. and it's just like it was. Awesome. It was so great. He was so cool to us. And he didn't have much of a speech. You could, he could tell he like, not that, not that he did not, I don't mean it like he did not have his mental deficiencies, yeah. but he played it up. Like, like any artist, he played it up for the stage where he was way, I don't want to say worse off, but hard, had more hardships than he actually did. Right. It wasn't a con because he still had to have a handler and he still had to, he still had this, that, and the other, but his speech was next to perfect. Oh, but wow. he would play it up a little bit because it would work better. And that's how he got booked. And you're just like, that's wow, amazing. That's amazing. Because this is all you could argue that this is a con right. at this point, but it's not because this is how you are. It's no more different than I don't know if we did it with the show with you guys, but for some reason, when Brennan and I are out of town, and I have no idea why it happens, but it does, we have accents. It comes up all of yeah. a sudden. It'll be second song, second song in our set, and I'll be like, "Hey, everybody, we're heels from Shelby County, Tennessee." And Brennan, like, why are we? Doing, we'll have to. Why are we? What's doing this happening? All of a sudden? We don't talk like this unless we are shit faced, and even then, I just get loud. I don't really get southern. My my southern comes out in words, like single words. Like yeah. I, I used to get made fun of when I was on the road. But like, so load ins at six thirty. Uh, sound checks at eight. What time are we going to uh, get food? Like, time? <laughs> time? What is that? One, just one time. word in the middle of this normal. I work very hard. Brent and I both come from uh, families where certain members of our family have extremely thick accents and so exact ways they think about stuff. And we worked, we both worked very hard in high school without even subconsciously, without even realizing it, to get rid of our accents. Wow. Just because I wasn't going to be associated with a dumb fucking redneck. You know what I mean? Because uh, yeah, I'm old enough to where like good old boy was almost a good idea. It was almost a good phrase. And now yeah. it's reverted back around to basically meaning tea party for some reason. But, uh, but yeah, so that's that's what that is. <laughs> that was, a great, an- that was a great answer to my say, question. I told, yeah. told you you wouldn't have to say much, bud. <laughs> so, oh, man. So, so born and raised Memphian. Uh, no, born in, uh, born in Dallas. Born in Dallas. Moved here when I was, I believe, two or three. We were uh, were in Dallas for a couple months, and then I lived in Little Rock, and then we moved here. No. But it's like most Memphians. Okay, you know what I mean, I mean n- not a large Catholic population. You're not like I mean, uh, I, 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 Park it, Avenue, Holy Rosary, like I mean, that, but not like St. Louis, St. Ag. I mean, well, I, well not I, like St. Louis, but I mean, St. Louis is where Escape from New York was filmed. So of course, there's going to be a lot of Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as as far as say my, three my, prayers my, and he dies. Uh, Come on, sorry. No, I actually, so, never knew that. Yeah, I, I knew uh, 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 right outside, uh, right uh, East St. Louis over there, Saugat. Huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right outside. Yeah. Along with Judgment Night. Which lets you know a lot of stuff. Quick story. Uh, when I, I was in a band called Primer 55 uh, in the early 2000s, we had to deal with Island Def Jam. We were on tour with Biohazard and a couple other bands and stuff. And I had heard my whole life about what a rough place Memphis was. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it because I didn't know any better. You know what right. I mean? Uh, and then we go on the road. And I go on the road. And when we hit uh, East St. Louis, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Detroit, I was like, fucking home, dude. This feels like Memphis. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Okay. Like anytime we get to places where people are calling it like demilitarized and like broken down, I was like, well, I know the food's good over there. Yeah. That guy's selling drugs and that's probably a prostitute. Let's go get some fucking chicken, guys. There's no way that food's not going to be amazing over there in the corner. Yeah. And everyone from East St. Louis was like, yeah, but don't go to North St. Louis. Yeah. That was that was always the joke. Of, See, I'm like, I like, like to oh. think of that because most people in the hood don't like people going to uh, the uppity part. So when you say North St. Louis, I was like, is that the hill? Because I like the idea of someone <laughs> in East St. Louis going, fuck the hill with all those hipster assholes. <laughs> no, North St. Louis was like, yeah, that was supposed to be the more scary. Yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, they, they, they always, it all depends on your compete. argument. Yeah, yeah. At this point, Cordova is so much scarier than oh, Orange gosh. Mound. It's not even funny. Oh, to me. gosh. Let's put it this way. I've driven through Orange Mound and Cordova a bunch of times in my life. been pulled over for just driving through Cordova three times. Oh. Now, granted, the stickers that were on my car at the time, <laughs> I probably deserved it. There weren't any like fuck cop stickers or anything, but it definitely screamed, this guy probably has drugs. <laughs> and guess what? I did, but that's not, that's not the point, asshole. 
Oh gosh, man. So, uh, so this world of like, yeah, obviously, it sounds like there's just pretty much one unity of of, of stand up and musician. Like that, like there's not really you're not two different people or something like that. Uh, yeah, no. It, no, it's it's not it, really. It, it, it seems seamless. Huh? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, only and all that is is stage time. Yeah, you know, it's just because I'm comfortable just bullshitting. You know, yeah. what I mean? and my and my my uh, my stand up's not really a character. Yeah, it's it's like the purest best version of me mm-hmm. whereas whereas the heels is, is me does that make sense yeah right like, on. like next to brennan that's me yeah right that's on. that's my absolute we don't try and be cool i mean it's us trying to be cool but like us trying to be cool is adorable like the <laughs> two of us trying to act like we're cool is like two five-year-olds putting on their dad's jackets you know what i mean going oh i'm a banker you know that kind of shit oh look at us we're a band you know because neither one of us are like very good musicians or tech guys or any, like neither one of us can answer any questions about our gear. We are so not those guys. We're kind of in a weird way. We kind of figured out we're both just storytellers who happen to be musicians. If that makes any sense, because I like, love it, but we're not like we're not like practice four hours a day. You know what I mean? To get our stuff down and all that stuff. Right. It's all about like just creating right. and yeah. then locking that down. It's it's weird because like it's there's there's very much all our songs are. All our songs are very, very precious to us, but they're also like the most precious tissue paper, if that makes any sense. We're like, we have that. That's amazing. It makes me feel good. Now let's do it again. Mm. Like nothing is ever like a, I have no problem taking something out of the set, even if it's classic, unless people are really, really wanting to hear it. You Mm. know what I mean? There's not, if you hold on to something too much, it's going to fail you. So that's just how it is. Nothing, unless it's your, now that's coming from a guy who doesn't have kids. Right. You know what I mean? When not having that factor if you if you hold if you if you hold something and make it too precious and try and make it your own, it's gonna fail you every time. That's just the that, way. That, I'm, that's yeah, just, right. That's just. I think I just yeah. showed my told my childhood a little too much right there. <laughs> but that's that's the way it is. So so everything is not, not the the term disposable isn't the right word for it. Right. But you have to be able to like walk away and be like, yeah, that's what that was. You know what yeah. I mean? And don't try and keep fixing it or that kind of a stuff. It's nice for what it is. Fucking write something else, you lazy bastard. You know. <laughs> so so why not a bass player, man? A bass player asked me, why, uh, why, as why, in why? my the ten things the ten things to tell the ten things to tell my kids if I end up being a father unless they're good bass players are useless. <laughs> oh. If they're good, it's the best. If they're talented, it's the best. You can't beat it. But a boring one is just there's for me. It's just one person to fucking wait on. It's another person to show up because uh, I've gotten very spoiled. I've been in I've been in like ten bands in my life. Yeah, and I've had I've been very very blessed with uh, almost all the time having next level bass players but the whole reason heels got started is because brennan and i were in another band called hombres Uh and we were that's another and before that we were in another band that was like a hippie jam kind of a thing (laughs) and uh in hombres uh brennan and i were the only ones who showed up consistently to practice (laughs) and didn't have to cancel for the most part and then it got to the point where hombres was a metal band just straight lots of screaming brennan saying i played drums we got a guitar player and a bass player and then Brennan got back to where he wanted to start doing his old acoustic stuff again. Mm-hmm. But he's like, will you come play drums so I'm not another fat guy in a flannel with a beard doing <laughs> sad songs? <laughs> and I go, absolutely, buddy. And uh, uh, and then because then it started off with we were like a folk punk. And that's really where the no bass player came right. from. Right. We were acoustic and drums. And you don't yeah. really need a bass player with the folky stuff we were kind of doing. Okay. And then we hit the wall with that where we were like, well, this just there's only so much we can do with this kind of crap without turning into like a political band, and we are so not a political <laughs> band. We write pop songs for a dying planet, and that is fucking it. And uh, and uh, so we hit that wall, and then we went on tour with our buddy Mishka Shabali, who's like this big writer who's a musician, and uh, he got Brennan to play electric, and it was like, oh hello, yeah. And we had one practice with an electric guitar. I was like, oh, we're a rock band now. Yeah, this right. is the best because like all that stuff you have with being a folk punk band and what people expect and all that kind of crap has a bunch of bullshit with it but by just saying you're a rock band we can write whatever the fuck we want now right. and at this point we have a bass player on our record if yeah. you listen to the heels out there's a bass and we'll have bass players on that because for for normal people to hear right. you have to have a level of bottom end for you to do it live we throw down the way we do you don't really have to have it granted we could but like we're enough for the two of us we're adorable like all that we have other stuff that takes up the place of that yeah. as far as and if we got to a big big level we'd be one of those where everything you'd see of us is is just two of us but there'd be a there'd be a bass player dude back there playing down in the mix behind an amp or some shit right. that we would just pay <laughs> uh, because it, well once you get to that stadium so once you get to a a, a place where you're playing to like 2,000 people right. it ends up becoming a thing but by that point Brandon will have 
we'll be running through a bass amp on top of the guitar amp. There's there's ways around that tech. horse shit yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we yeah. just can't fit all that shit in my Jeep. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but like, I I wouldn't know. You know, it's just fuck it. It yeah. was just two of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we make it work with the two of us. And I play bass on stuff when we net when we're right now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We had a we had a guy, Clay Qualls, who used to be in Dead Soldiers, who played bass on the last record. And it was phenomenal, but constantly I'm all like, stop playing bass. Stop <laughs> doing the blah, 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 bullshit. I need you to hit the fucking main note and back the fuck up. Like nothing you're doing here is supposed to make it where people you're you're not supposed to be that memorable. You're supposed to just not miss the bass when you hear our albums. <laughs> right. You know, you're, uh, to, you're not you know, it's not to, Yeah, <laughs> some old friends of mine had a had a duo a lot like uh, you have and uh the guitar player hat he ripped out uh the band was called 10 speed i think isaac moved nice. it out to the west coast but um yeah so he ripped out the pedals of an old lowry organ there you go and wired it up and so you know he's yeah, just getty from getty yeah. from rush oh yeah getty right. from rush. Exactly, that's exactly what he did he had an old pillar just use your feet with it and that's how that's how he would play bass when he's doing the keyboard stuff mm-hmm. that's how he plays bass through that or vice versa when he's playing yeah. bass and has to play keyboards through that yeah so he'd sing and play guitar yeah. and then you know just keep a drone well, and, we're yeah. working on a couple things where we'd have a pre-recorded line good if, if we're getting nerdy i did see a band in senatobia when i was playing a bluegrass festival and they did kind of like an earthy folk Thing, uh, I bet they uh, smelt great. But yes, but the guitar. So it was a, I, I, you know, there's no bass player, but I'm hearing these low notes, and come to find out, the dude had one Piezo pickup on his E and A string, yeah. and ran that ran that through an octaver. Oh, and it, it was it was like it was happening. Yeah, yeah. it so worked. Just, it just sounded like Japanese to me. But I get like I get because <laughs> right. you did your hand thing. I know what you mean. You say pick up and put it there, but <laughs> like, just, just, <laughs> all right, my hands are right here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and there's enough. There's enough, uh, and there was enough. Re- there was enough examples of not needing one, you know, for, yeah. between well, between mean, yeah, yeah, yeahs and like white stripes. And have you ever heard of a band called the '68? No, a band called the '68 no. that is like it's like it's it's like heels as far as like it's a two piece and it's really loud and aggressive, but like straight metal. Oh and wow, it is. fuck. It is so good. Wow. <laughs> but like you see that and you're all like, yeah, you, you see enough other people like yeah, we don't need a, we don't need one. You know, and it, I would no, see you guys. I, I didn't. I, I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to have yeah. to. At this point, we were so good at just yesing each other when we write, and we're so excited when the other person brings a riff that it would be so weird to bring in a third party on that to just yeah. say no. Because I would be like, Go "Fuck yourself, dude. Who are you? Yeah. I don't know who the fuck you are. I give a shit if I've known you my whole life. You're not Brennan. I'm listening to yeah. him. Go fuck yourself. I don't care if you like it, new guy. You know." I'd, <laughs> <laughs> no, we came really close at one point. Our buddy Mishka that I brought up a couple times was talking about when he was going to live in Atlanta about playing bass with us. And because he was a peer of ours, we were like, oh, we could do that because we love him. And he's an amazing songwriter and would have morphed into a whole other thing that would have been the we'd have gotten rid of a lot of the talking and all that. But now I've also hit a thing where I'm never playing behind people again. Yeah. Unless you're paying me really well, I'll do a cover band thing or something like that. But like we play in the front. That's how we play. Yeah. We had to do we did an Ombre's reunion like a year or two ago for Halloween and I played behind the guys and I hated it. Oh wow. More than fucking almost anything. Interesting. I hated just seeing backs when I'm used to seeing because yeah. Brandon and I play exactly like you and I are sitting across from each other. Yeah. 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 We I, the eye contact's a big deal with us. And uh, sit, getting behind him, and Brennan played terribly that night, and it was just one. I was like, I'm never fucking doing this again for less than five hundred bucks. Honestly, oh, wow. I, I, on the flip side of that, I don't like like giving the drummer my back. Oh, I totally feel you. I like yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, some sort of angle where yeah. I can see everyone. I totally get yeah. that. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Can we, if we can get back to the comedy. Yeah. yeah um, sorry. <laughs> no. No. It's. <laughs> uh, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about the heels, but um. And you're our first comedian on the show. Uh, I don't know a ton about the comedy scene in Memphis. Um, what do people need to know? I mean, like, where? Oh, well, see, let's see here. Uh, we're at an interesting point now because there, if we went for a while, there were a bunch of established shows, and then they all kind of died out. Where because the Memphis comedy scene is only like 12, 13 years old, really. Okay. I mean, there was there, we're talking about surf laughs a lot back in the eighties. Uh, Sammy Martin, a couple other people kept clubs going, but as far as there being like, and there's a there's a club called Chuckles. Out in court, out in Bartlett, that I've never stepped foot into mm-hmm. because they were really fucking rude to the Midtown scene right oh, out the wow. gate. Well, it's not on them. They do a lot of good stuff now. It's been five years, but I'm not really a club comic. Okay, um, I, not to be like I'm an alt guy or anything like that. But like, I got to a level where I was like, I know what I have to do to be a club comic and and uh, to even my stuff out, make it more consistent. And I'm in a band. I don't give a shit. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like I get to be that thing. I was like, ah, I'm good at my level. I'm fine. Right. I don't tour a whole lot. Do it. I open up for my buddy JT on the road a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So and I'm fine with that. Like a while back, he was like, What are you gonna do when you start getting bigger and wanting a headline? I go, I don't ever want to do that, buddy. So let's just let's go get some chewies. Like let's just go get <laughs> okay. that Mexican food. Yeah. But in Memphis, like right now. 
Right now we have uh, Comic Comedians, which is a group who produces a bunch of shows. They have a thing out at local downtown. It's like an every Wednesday deal. Uh, and then they do a thing at uh, a couple different breweries where they have shows that are more like your uh, mid-level crowd at like seven at night with like but the 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 thing with breweries becoming a big deal in comedy now is a mixed bag because it's a nice new crowd but that place is you you really have to work it to make that because those people are some of the worst fucking crowds because mm. they're there to hang out be avuncular and drink and that and breweries are <laughs> not made to be quiet you know right. big metal no, shit sure. yeah right so the cacophony of the the deal and all that stuff that's why i started walking around that caleb's one at metalsome because i could get quiet and get up in everybody's face because nobody in the back room is paying attention to that shit because it's so bouncy all over the place oh, yeah. And yeah yeah there's a uh, uh the open mic uh, every thursday uh at p h uh is the longest running show in Memphis. Before that, it was on Mondays, and that's what I, that's the one I started on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, uh, my friend Hunter Sandlin has a, has a show called Don't Be Afraid that I started four years ago that he does now out at Midtown Crossing Grill. I mean, there's like comedy four or five nights a week if you want to. It's more a lot of mics, not as so many showcases. Mm-hmm. The, the comic comedian guys all do showcases. Uh, but like, we're also in a world where like I've been owning a kitchen for the last 18 months, so I've not been doing next to any of it. Yeah. Like it's only been here in the last month that I've been back on it because I've <laughs> I got booked on a bunch of gigs in March and April and I have to get my shit together again. Yeah. You know, you don't ever forget how to do stand up, but like if you don't do stand up for like three weeks, you're like, oh, I have to learn how to do this all over again. You oh, don't, wow. but you do. That's the feeling. Yeah. That's it. That's never happened once with drums. It took like I uh, I broke my right leg and had to quit back like 20 years ago and, yeah. and had to quit for like three months because I just couldn't figure out how to do it with my left. And uh, uh, that was the weirdest of all. Like, oh, how do I play? But like, this is like you, you miss like two. When you're doing it all the time, you miss like two weeks and you're like, uh, can I still be funny? Right. So, uh, <laughs> but like, there's a decent scene. Chuckles now, like I said, they do. They do solid ass shows that book out. It's a little bit more of an urban room, mm-hmm. but uh, that's not a bad thing in any stretch of the fashion because there was none of that being uh, uh, done in Memphis in any way, shape or form because of that. Because of that basis there, guys like Rob Love and uh, Mason... God, what's his last name? He goes by like four different fucking Facebook names. Anyway, those guys, they all have their own group. There's a thing at Clicks, that billiard that's been going on forever now. There's uh, all kinds of shows in East Memphis that, that pop up all the time. If you, it, It's pretty much there's a Memphis Comedy, for those of you listening, Memphis Comedy Facebook page uh, that has most of that crap. Oh, good. That you can find. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool, to be honest. There's a lot. If you pay attention, there's a lot, and you can get a lot of time if you're willing to yeah. put in the a little bit of driving and, and really get it done. Okay, so how often do you are you in the audience? Uh, as, a, as just a listener. Oh, yeah, next okay. to never. Okay, all right. Next to never. About a, about two years ago. I mean, I'll be there. I don't like leaving right after I'm done. I don't like being rude to the other comics. If I'm on a show, I'll try and stay. Right. But I usually have another gig, or I have to get back to work. That's the other thing. Last 18 months, if I'm on a comedy show, I am literally shutting the kitchen down for 30 minutes, driving 10 minutes, doing a 15-minute set, going, coming back and going back to work because that's right. what it takes to make things happen. Yeah. Uh, and so I get away with it a little bit. And I've been around for forever. I don't really get called out for it. But uh, I uh, about two, three years ago, I kind of hit a wall. Hmm. And just I, I'll sit there and my some, some of my friends make me laugh and I like seeing that kind of stuff here and there. But, like, I don't. I'm not the biggest stand-up. It sounds weird coming from someone who doesn't, but I don't really like listen to stand-up. Well, uh, old stuff that I like before, you know, in history. Like that's where I dug off two years, the, the couple years ago when I when I got tired of just because I was back. That's back about two and a half years ago is back when I was in it hardcore all the time yeah. every show, and I got to the point where I was like, I'm fucking tired of all this shit. Wow, I want to do my shit. Get the fuck out. And that's when I delved into the history of it. That's what kind of all what overtook instead of get really getting into comedy itself, just getting into history and learning all that kind of okay. aspect of it. Yeah. And uh, I, instead of watching other people set, and then I get terrified about ripping off. I get very, very weird that's a about thing. accidentally yeah, right. taking someone else's punchline or because I've done that once or twice without realizing it. And that is for a guy who thinks he's special like me, who's a musician, <laughs> who's big into Zappa. And uh, you know, Faith No More and all that oh, stuff. Gosh. He tries to really, really. Oh, I'm a Zappa fanatic, yeah. dude. I have a Primus tattoo. Uh, <laughs> the idea of doing something else that somebody else did, especially when it's verbatim without realizing it, is the biggest fucking no no. Right. The yeah. big one of the biggest fears I have, and that's that's where I think that's where that started. I think something happened that I don't really remember around that time where I ended up using someone else's premise without realizing it, like out of town, not even to where I got called out. I just did it out of town, and it worked really well. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to keep that. 
oh, fuck, it's not mine. And then I had that whole thing of like, well, fuck them. I do it better. Or you know, th- those thoughts, you're like, no, that's yeah. garbage, you garbage person. Fuck it, stop. So I just stopped. Yeah. I just stopped. Now I'll still go like open mic. I'll go, you know, if I'm hosting, I have to watch. And that's the other thing. I work at the high tone. So like I have to see a bunch of shit right. anyway, whether I want to. Well, that's a good point. I mean, so, you know, if, uh, comparing the, the musician comic thing, if, yeah, that's expected for musicians to borrow, steal. Yeah, you know, oh, that, right? dude, and the it's acceptable. Drum, being a drummer, so, I get to steal all the time, and no one ever notices because right. it's the drums. Well, and, we have a new song now that's straight up lifted off of Faith No More beat. It is a puffy beat, <laughs> beat for fucking beat to the point when we recorded. I'm tweeting it at him so he'll get a giggle out of it, <laughs> and it'll be fine because it's fucking drums. It's okay. the best. <laughs> you can't do that other shit though, and others though. Well, my, my initial question, but I was going to ask you, how, no, no, it's fine. Uh, like, how many how many times are you are you in the audience? My my, what I was getting at is that you know if you go to a, a concert or whatever, even if it's a sit down concert where you're listening, mm-hmm. usually if the if the band is bad, right? It's it's often not so bad that you're embarrassed for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, how often does that happen? Yeah, to you? Yeah, for yeah. me, not so much. Right? <laughs> I get embarrassed. But, yeah, yeah, good. But if you're in the audience for a, a comic, oh, and woof. if they're yeah, if they're woof. if they're dying, man, it is well, rough for everybody. You're right; it's rough for everybody except those of us who've been doing it for a while. And usually, that guy's an asshole, so we're just back like, yeah, this is gonna suck. You're terrible. You're a bad person, dude. I'm glad you're fucking sucking right now. You deserve it. Nobody wanted to hear your fucking rape joke, dude. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, and, like, and I hate to transfer it to the audience, but it, it's you know, you know what I like doing? I like going up after those guys. Well, I like being well, a horse guy before those guys. I love that because I've been doing it long enough now. Even if I'm not having the best set, I'm not just going up there and eating shit. Because if I'm doing a new premise, it's not working. Yeah. I will throw it the fuck out the window and just go with some old shit or just start having fun so I don't just ruin the whole time that I'm up there unless yeah. it's something I'm really yeah. working on. But uh, nine times out of ten, yeah, you feel bad, but it, it's rare. It's it's it, it the the feeling bad doesn't happen as often as the whole like I know that wasn't gonna work. You fucking moron! <laughs> you tried that bit in front of this crowd at this place because that's eighty eighty percent of comedy early on is reading a crowd. Right? Yeah. Is no is paying attention to the first couple comics that go before you, seeing what they're what they're doing and what the crowd's not liking. Or is like like the other night I do. Uh, there's a um, uh, Charles Gino does a mic at the Cove, and it's kind of a bombardment mic, and that means. Uh, they just throw a mic stand out in front of where the tables are. And if you're there eating dinner, you're in the audience whether you like it or not. It's not yeah. my favorite kind of thing, but it's, it, it leads to some interesting moments. There was a table full of uh, Cordova bros and their girlfriends. They were all ready to laugh with really... I mean, I have awful tattoos, but Jesus, they're not corporate logos. And... Uh, uh, <laughs> And uh, so I was expecting, I was like, that's going to be my main audience. And over there, there was a thing of like four uh, 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 older women that were just there to eat. They were not happy right. about wow. comedy going on. With good reason. I don't blame them either. If I was going to get some fucking food and comics. Oh, fuck that. And I started doing my spiel. And uh, I got one of them left. And I do this new bit that I'm doing where I'm talking about. Well, one thing they don't tell you about recovery, when you're in recovery being a drug addict, something has to replace it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're emptying a hole in your body and it either needs to be replaced with therapy or you'll replace it with food or drinking or something else. I replaced it with cleaning my wife's house. Notice I said my wife's house, not my house because my name is nowhere near that fucking bottom line. <laughs> uh, but I've turned house proud. And I said that I've turned house proud and those four ladies were like... They knew what the hell I was talking about. (laughs) And now I've become obsessed with cleaning the house. And those, the women I thought were going to be the worst, I ended up not giving a shit about the jabroni table over there because those guys were just dicks and wouldn't shut the fuck up to themselves and got up on a table and did my entire five minute act of these four elderly women in the back who were just, bless his heart. He's trying. He's trying. Bless his heart. His wife must have something to deal with there. Let me tell you. (laughs) Right. But uh, that's that's one. Of the, but like, but that's reading the room is my point. Right. You know what I mean. Whereas uh, you know the guy who went up before me just did dick jokes, and you're like, who right. did you think was going to laugh at that? No. Well, that being said, the jabronis in that one table were all bouty about it. So that's <laughs> different strokes for different folks as far as that kind of shit goes. Somebody talk about the kitchen. What, 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 what's uh, it's up a funny with that? time talking about the kitchen because I'm going to be closing it at the end of March. Is that right? Oh, no. Yeah, dude. Businesses fail, man. Not everything's easy. I've yeah, been doing, we, we've been doing the high tone kitchen now for twenty months. Yeah, uh, 19, 18, 19, 20 months, something like that. Uh, it started off. I was working at Fino's, and uh, Fino's was going to close. I saw the writings Remember on the that, wall man. before it happened because uh, you know as soon as you start seeing, if you know how to pay receipts and you know what everybody's getting paid, or you know how much goes out in payroll, and you're not bringing that in, it doesn't take much to figure sure. out. 
Skinny calls him up and says he has this idea. He's always wanted to put a kitchen back there, and he needs a self-starter like me to do it. I was like, sure, let's give it a shot. And I got to go in. I had full run of the menu, create whatever I want. I created a special for my wife. I do uh, two specials every week, one meat, one vegetarian, because my wife's a vegetarian and never has anything to eat anywhere. So one of the coolest parts of the kitchen that's happened in the last 19 months is I have a new vegetarian special every week, too, which means I have something new to cook for my wife every week, which is really great, to be perfectly honest. Like, that, that started that whole thing. So I'm actually one of the more vegetarian-friendly kitchens in the in the in the state from what wow. i understand <laughs> and uh uh but yeah i have free run and skinny's a fucking food genius in a different world the owner of the high tone would be an owner of a chain of restaurants because mm. i uh, i think he really as awesome as he is at that i really think he missed his mark because that dude's ideas about food are beautiful wow like, really like the, we have a thing called the ham tone that he came up with because he's been dreaming about that sandwich for forever and it's one of our top sellers like without missing a beat i got one i made for care that's a veggie with marinated mushrooms and marinated tomatoes and olive tamponade i make from scratch and pesto that i make with Kara's family's pistachios from california Jeez, that's a really good seller the biggest one easily is a sandwich called the heels that is a sandwich i've been making for myself for like 20 years that know that that i did so i we get uh I uh, add some Frank's hot sauce to some organic peanut butter and a couple other things that I don't tell anybody about. Uh, <laughs> my mom makes these strawberry preserves that are just fucking unbelievable. And then I get uh, organic bacon and really good salty provolone that's a real good expensive shit huh. and put it in a panini press. And let me tell you, you have never had a, ha- a better hammered sandwich. Because like, if you like the sandwich, if you like what it's about, it's just a solid really good consi- I'm big on consistency too. Mm-hmm. I don't really like having a whole lot of meat in the middle. I like everything being pretty yeah. even. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there, you will not find a better sandwich after like your fourth beer, like or the one where you're all like, "Oh, I need to eat something." That is, I I put it down. We sell that. Oh, I sell. That's called the heels. The heels, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, it, and the thing was, Skinny was like, "Really?" And I go, "Do me a favor. Let's just put on the special for a week." And we'll see. Eighteen months later, it's like the thing that that even though I'm leaving, but uh, Skinny's going to continue. Once he does some re some in house stuff, he's going to continue the high tone kitchen, mm-hmm. and he's keeping the. That was his deal when I told him I was leaving. He goes, I I can keep the heels, right? Can oh. I, use that? I was like, you can keep it, but you can't get mad at me if I end up doing it if I open another place. But right. we can both. Fucking, we can both do it. Why right. not? Yeah, Who cares? Right. yeah. Uh, but because as we talked earlier, I like my wife. Yeah, and I am forty. Uh-huh. There are not enough hours in the day for me to make that business work like it needs to. Okay. That business needs to be open from 5 to 2 in the morning, 6 days a week. Wow. Cuz that's how it takes to make yeah. that kind of a business work. Right. And uh I like being at home. Yeah. I like being in a band. Yeah. Uh my wife's knockers are unbelievable. <laughs> um her eyes are nice too, but man them titties. Jesus Christ. 10 years they still blow my mind, bring me to tears. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I uh, I just there's not enough of me, and I couldn't pay. People keep asking, like, why didn't you get an employee? Because I believe in paying people a the wage they deserve, yeah. a living wage. I can't I can't bring somebody in to work in that kitchen and not pay them twelve, thirteen bucks an hour because mm-hmm. that's a living wage. If you're going to hire somebody, I'm not saying everyone's got to have fifteen dollars an hour or any of that. Like, oh, well, that's a whole other argument. But right. for me personally. If I'm, and my wife was in agreement on that. We treat you treat humans like humans, mm-hmm. so uh, we never got an employee. When I would go out of town, my wife would have to cover. Oh wow! Some, uh, would cover. Well, she's a good cook in her yeah. own right, and she liked doing it. Got her out of the house a little bit here and there, and uh, so. But we've gotten to a point where I'm I'm burnt. Yeah, I'm burnt out. I'm tired of going to the grocery store four days a week because because it's a small kitchen. We don't have a lot of room for storage, and I like doing stuff fresh. So yeah. I'd have to go and just doing that. Like the fact that multiple people at multiple grocery stores know me by sight is cute. It means I'm polite. I always get known as, oh, it's the nice guy, which is great. That makes me feel really good. When I walk into Lit on summer, literally everybody in there says hi now, which feels really nice. I'm not going to lie. But like I am so... I'm so over it. I've had an opposite schedule from my wife for over a year now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And like, that is weird. Yeah. Like, if I wanted to be alone, I would have stayed alone, you know, as far as that kind of thing goes, you know? Uh, So, yeah, it's just... it's, It's reached its... And it's great. It's got nothing to do with anybody at the high tone. Or any of that kind of stuff. It's it's a it, it so that's why I don't I like I feel that there's a little bit of that failure failure feeling because yeah. I just I build stuff too much up in me. There's a there's that feeling of failure, but I accomplished so much. It's insane. I've done over fifty different specials that I now have this catalog of crap I can make for hopefully my future family in life. Mm. I know how to make pesto in four minutes. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like nice. Like yeah. the amount of the amount of gimmicks and like like because well, I get I mean, dude, I've I've literally. Anytime you've ever, if you go back through and you see any show in the last two years where Heels has played the high tone or I've been on a stand-up show, I'm working at the same fucking time. Right. So 
It would be. I mean, he'll say, "Well, Brennan, come back, get to me when when it's time, and we'll close the kitchen down for ten minutes." And then I go, we'll go up there and play for an hour. I will drop ten pounds in sweat, and I'll put on a shirt, change my shirt, get right the fuck back in the kitchen and sell it because yeah. that's what you have to do to make a business go. And we've made it work for the most part, but it's just a time now where monetarily it's not feasible right now and timeline wise. And I'm just I'm beat. I want to find you know what I really want, guys. Yeah. Kara asked me the other day. She goes, "If you could have literally any job." that would fit what you want mm-hmm. in the realm of reality. Not like, oh, well, I would be just counting money. That's all mine. No, no, that horse shit. <laughs> so you'd have any job. What you want? I would love to get a custodian job at a school. I would love. Well, a job to me doesn't have to mean level of hire. You know what I mean? Yeah, or any right. of that. It's yeah, there yeah. for yeah, a paycheck. That yeah. I have no, I have no pride. Yeah. I have none. I am proud of two things in my life. My wife and heels. Literally, yeah. that's it. That yeah. is absolutely it. Uh, uh, so I love the idea of having a job where you I just give a list of shit. Be like here, go clean up that puke in that other room. We need to go. We need to go polish. Da da da. You got it, buddy. Just go walk the fuck off. Let all these kids just start creating stories about me that they have no idea about. <laughs> that I'll I'll, like, I'll say yes and to a couple of them and let it just create and build on its own. That would be God. That would be oh man. That would be so a morning gig. Oh my God. Dick gets hard the idea of a prep job somewhere where I'm just like there at six in the morning with nobody else there, <laughs> cutting like four hundred pounds of onions and then right. leave. And leave at like two. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. that would be the best thing ever. So, yeah, so, so it's been great. It's yeah. been a, oh, it's been absolutely great. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of connecting I've got to do with other people and the fact I've got to I've got to name specials, I've got to make specials for a bunch of my friends' bands. You yeah. know what I mean? Which yeah. really, really feels great. You know, I got to do one for last week for a friend of mine's band who uh, I haven't seen him in a while, and we're not that tight, but he's still a friend of mine. And he goes, oh, you made a special for us? And I go, yeah, asshole. I want to make sure you're on the list. It's a short list. I want to make sure you're on it. And it meant a lot to him, and it meant a lot to me. So I, I'm very proud of it. And the fact that we're all like, we're still going to play the high tone more than anywhere else because that's kind of our home base. Yeah. You know, and I, I yeah. So and the fact that it's ending as clean as it is. Good. Is pretty fucking lucky. And the fact yeah. that we're, I'm closing a kitchen without being like thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah. or anything like that, which is how most kitchens go or yeah, that kind right, of thing. Right. So I had somebody offer to buy their recipes for it, and then I found out that he worked for uh, like a subset of, I want to say Wendy's or Subway or some half-assed corporate thing, and I was like, you're just going to rip me off. Can you put another zero behind that? Yeah. He goes, no. I go, then you're going to rip me yeah. off. <laughs> I was like, you give me a decent amount of money, you can die him. I was born to be exploited. That's exactly what I was. I've learned anything about Catholic school, being in bands, doing stand-up. I was made for exploitation. So I have no problem with that. But not for corporate yahoos without getting paid. Uh, yeah. So so March, so you're wrapping up at the end of March. Yeah, wrapping up at the end of March. We are finishing at the uh, Comedy Festival, Memphis Comedy Fest, which is April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, I believe. Yeah. Uh, there was no way I wasn't going to do that. There, I'd be stupid to close without Comedy Fest. I don't have anything to do with Comedy Fest anymore. I helped start it with a couple people. My wife yeah. was on the board for a while. We both stepped away, because you have to after a while. Otherwise, it ends up running your fucking life. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, uh, so, yeah, we're doing it that, that last weekend, and then, uh, and then that's it. And then Skinny is going to reopen it with somebody else yeah. in, like, in like a month or two once they figure out because the, there's only so much we could do in there. I couldn't deep fry anything. We had to retrofit it because it wasn't. It was a it was a storage area. Wow, yeah. it was literally a storage yeah, area that we a closet. Into a kitchen. Yeah. it's a closet. Yeah, Jeez. literally the size of this this office. Oh. It, it is like, literally if, if this desk didn't have that side, there was just that one curve right yeah, there, right. and there was a freezer right here. That's that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. But uh, also, but there are some people who like being alone who shouldn't be left alone that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your brain just goes to places. You start hating. Well, you start hating. Like I got slow enough where I started hating people for ordering. Oh no! Because you get slow. Yeah. And since I'm back there by myself, I'll just sit back there, get stoned, and watch TV. I mean, I'll step out back because nobody's watching me. I'll step outside the outside the building. Then all of a sudden, you can't be bothered. To- I'm my own fucking boss. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm back there getting ripped, and I'm watching TV. And after a while, you get moving and get an order. Like, oh, so now I got to fucking work. Oh my god, who the fuck wants a fucking sandwich? You know, you're like, did you really just get mad at a customer for right. coming for what you do? Okay, you, we should. It's time to make some changes. <laughs> time to make some changes. Step away. <laughs> yeah that's so. fantastic yeah thanks buddy well man you, you gotta bounce here in a little bit don't yeah, you yeah i gotta roll i gotta roll this is great though we <laughs> Dude, you can totally was... bring me back if you want i can do this do all. part two to, to, yeah. to quote captain america i can do this I, all I, day long yeah you know, we should do a whole episode on catholic school maybe i don't know uh can... no no <laughs> once we get no. to a certain level of things you guys are gonna get very uncomfortable. Oh. So let's, well, let's just say there are certain things that my wife made me take out of my set. Oh. Because, honey, 
Nobody wants to hear about that happening to you. Oh. No matter how funny you think it is now. <laughs> the court system doesn't. Uh, so just don't. Oh, and I go, yes, man. <laughs> a wise woman is a, is a gift. Oh, dude. Well, I mean, I have to look up to her. She's like 6'3", so it works out great. <laughs> That's fantastic. Josh, thank you so much for thank hanging you out. Guys. This, this, I really this appreciate it. This has been fantastic. It's been great. Uh, listen to my band, Heels. Yes. Uh, Heels. Follow us, Heels HXC, on Instagram. Yes. And, uh, Heels on Facebook. Heels HXC on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, Joshua McLean or uh, at Yell for Life on Instagram at Josh McLean on Twitter and don't be afraid of Josh McLean on the Facebooks. I listen to enough podcasts. I know what to drop. Oh, check out the new Heels record. Good people even do bad things on uh, uh, fucking altercation records. And uh, yeah, check out our website. Heels no, what about the videos? the videos? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> forget some. Uh, we have a, a video for King Drunk done by Nathan Parton. It's on YouTube that has gotten like uh, like 20,000 views or some crap like that. It's awesome. kind of insane. Yeah, that's great. Looks and right. uh, uh, we're working on it. We have a new one now from Jared Callen for Antics. Uh, I'll have a name that's coming out in the next month or two. So that will be really, really rad. And we're playing... We're playing a town near you this year, guys. We're going up to New York. We're going to be in Arkansas. We're going to be in Phoenix. We're going to be in Texas. We're going to try and hit Florida. So we are on the road. So check out Heels Memphis Band for details on that crap. Awesome. Thank you, Thanks, Josh. guys. Right on. Oh, my goodness. That guy. Um, he is. Like I, he, there's a lot of energy in the room in that interview. Very yeah. much. Yeah. And like we mentioned before, you know, and, and with, with everyone else we've talked to and all your favorite artists, when this bug clears up, go out and see some shows. Uh, if you're in the Memphis area, he's part of the pulse of the city, man. I mean, he's he's a funny guy, man. A lot of energy. <laughs> uh, his socials are up to date. Uh, hopefully, by the time this airs, we should be winding down the quarantine, and hopefully, some some humans are able to gather and and and, and commiserate in some art and comedy, and not the heels, but go see heels. Go see Heels. Check out Josh's comedy. Follow him on the socials. Uh, yes. Good guy. And if he's ever cooking again, you got to try one of his sandwiches. No kidding. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. <laughs>